The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Fridays are a good day for taking stock and making plans for the weekend. And don't forget, every Friday is a day of penance. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, August 13th, 2021, Friday of the 19th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's Liturgical Year B, Cycle 1. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. And it's the optional memorial of Saints Pontian and Hippolytus. Pontian was the Bishop of the Church of Rome, the Pope. He was arrested during a persecution of the Church in the 3rd century and sentenced to slavery in the salt mines of Sardinia. Hippolytus had broken away from the Church's communion and established himself as the Bishop of Rome. He was the first anti-Pope. He too was sentenced to the mines of Sardinia. In their captivity, Saints Pontian and Hippolytus reconciled with one another. Both died of torture and deprivation. Saints Pontian and Hippolytus pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. My Lord and Father, inspire my thoughts, words, and actions, and accompany them with your aid, so that I may undertake all my activities according to your will and out of love for you. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And along with Pope Francis, we pray for the Church that she may receive from the Holy Spirit the grace and strength to reform herself in the light of the Gospel. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. We all remember how in the heart of COVID last spring, there were all sorts of um, restrictions and much of the world was shut down, depending on where you live. Perhaps that shutdown came earlier or later. But one of the most tragic elements was the fact that nursing homes had to shut down completely and family members were not able to visit their loved ones. I remember being very struck by an article I read in the Wall Street Journal, which I highly recommend, about a man named Jack Eccles and his wife, Jerry. When nursing homes began barring visitors to keep the coronavirus out, Jack Eccles decided to move in. Hillcrest Nursing Home in Durham, North Carolina, had turned him away on March 12th when he arrived as usual to spend much of the day with his wife, Jerry, who suffers from Alzheimer's disease. So he returned the next day with a suitcase of clothes, books, medications, and his computer. Hillcrest had agreed to rent him a single room in its assisted living area so that he could care for Geraldine, who is 91. He isn't allowed to walk around the 154-bed facility, except to Jerry's room, where he feeds her 
and sometimes to the lobby, where he can see family members through the windows. Meals in the facility's spacious dining room and its festive monthly parties remain paused. Hillcrest sometimes feels like a prison, he says, but he won't move out and leave Jerry until it reopens to visitors. We're married, he said. I want to be with her. She took care of me for 70 years, and now it's my turn. Hillcrest nurses say his efforts have made a huge difference in his wife's health. That's something we can't do. We haven't been with her for 70 years, said Olivia Jacobs, a Hillcrest dietitian. She and others working at the facility say Jack never complains and is unfailingly gentle. He's always having a good day. He's always happy to see her. He's with his love, and that's where he wants to be. What an image. Jesus, what a beautiful, beautiful image of a husband and wife who are in love. Jerry, this woman who suffers from Alzheimer's, is not left abandoned, but Jack decides to move in to this quote-unquote prison to be with her day and night and to care for her. Jesus, we want to pray today about the sacrament of marriage, the institution of marriage, an institution that is often questioned, which is often misunderstood. And even in your time, Lord, it seems like those around you are questioning whether marriage is even worth it, whether marriage is something that should be defended. We read in the Gospel today from Matthew, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? Jesus said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female? and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, and marries another, commits adultery. Jesus, you use this beautiful phrase, They are no longer two, but one flesh. A man and a woman that come together in matrimony form a single thing, one flesh, one beautiful reality. And Jack and Jerry understood this very well. When Geraldine is suffering from Alzheimer's, Jack does not leave her side. She cared for him for much of his life. He cares for her. They are one flesh, and not even the walls of a nursing home will separate them. Jesus, when you deal with this topic, the topic of marriage, you speak with great clarity, with a forcefulness that is jarring. It's jarring for us to read this, as it was for the Pharisees in those days. 
because it's a very powerful message, but also we could say extremely radical and a little bit off-putting. But at the same time, Lord, your, your understanding and your present presentation of marriage is incredibly positive. You provide a breathtakingly beautiful image of what married life is all about, this one flesh union brought together by God himself. What God has brought together, man must not separate. Jesus, you want the sexual act to be lived within marriage between one woman and one man for life and open to life. What a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing that this culture that we live in today has so often forgotten or rejected. This notion of marriage as permanent and exclusive is the original plan that God had for us from the very beginning. For Jesus, for you, Lord, sexuality is something sacred. It is something beautiful. It is not a commodity to be bandied about. It's not a game. It is upheld by the church as a great gift, which should be revered and properly integrated into our lives. Lord, help us to understand this because it's difficult. We saw this, we could say this embrace between this elderly couple there in the nursing home, staying together to the very end. There's another beautiful example, which I recommend you to look up on the Opus Dei website. It's a series of videos called Marriage, a Great Adventure, which features two Argentinians, Sole and Juanpi. And the husband said, in my marriage, my wife has always been not just a great help, but really a pillar for me. She has always been a support. Many times when we get to the end of the day, we simply embrace each other. We give each other a hug. We give each other strength when there are problems. And God has never abandoned us or forgotten us. We say that marriage is very beautiful, and it is, but it's also full of difficulties. It's full of challenges many calls to sacrifice and renunciation of our plans, our independence, our possible futures. That same documentary about Sole and Juanpi, it shows how they hit a wall. You know, at one point the wife says, I'm going to take these kids on this vacation with him, but when we return, we're separating, right? It, there was a moment where the marriage was really on the rocks. Marriage is an adventure and there are bumps along the way. But Jesus, you give each married couple the grace to be faithful. Fidelity in marriage, one person for life. It's a tall order. It's a very tall order. And we can see how the apostles balk at this. Right? The apostles say, Lord, if that is the case of a man with his wife, it's better not to marry. And we can hear people saying that today, reacting with that same kind of skepticism as the apostles with that jaded cynicism. One person for life and open to life? If that's the case, it's better not to marry. And we seek a way around it. Well, Moses allowed for a divorce. And Jesus, you point out precisely why that was the case, because of the hardness of your hearts. Other translations say, because you were unteachable 
The Jews were unteachable. They were closed to the truth of marriage. Well, Lord, help us not to be unteachable, but rather to be teachable, to be open to your word, to be attentive to what you're trying to teach us with the reality of marriage. Open our hearts, Lord. Help us to be willing to embrace the beauty of marriage and all of its consequences. Marriage is an adventure. It's an, an adventure of self-giving. What a beautiful thing. Wouldn't we much rather prefer this adventure of self-giving to a life of self-seeking, to a life of selfishness? Lord, help us to discover our vocation, whatever it is. And we ask you, Jesus, to help us to revere the institution of marriage just as you did. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. There's more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. 16 past the hour, the liturgical day begins in just a few minutes. This is Daybreak. It's Friday of the 19th week in Ordinary Time, August 13th, 2021. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We pray with the whole church now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And, and my, my mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth, and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Come then, let us bow down and worship, Bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are His people, the flock He shepherds. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me. 
Although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. I am worn out with crying with longing for my God. I am am worn worn out out with crying, with with longing longing for for my God. God. Save me, O God, for the waters have risen to my neck. I have sunk into the mud of the deep, and there is no foothold. I have entered the waters of the deep, and the waves overwhelm me. I am wearied with all my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes are wasted away from looking for my God. More numerous than the hairs on my head are those who hate me without cause. Those who attack me with lies are too much for my strength. How can I restore what I have never stolen? O God, you know my sinful folly. My sins you can see. Let those who hope in you not be put to shame through me. Lord of hosts, let not those who seek you be dismayed through me. God of Israel, it is for you that I suffer taunts, that shame covers my face, that I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my own mother's sons. I burn with zeal for your house, and taunts against you fall on me. When I afflict my soul with fasting, they make it a taunt against me. When I put on sackcloth in the morning, then they make me a byword, the gossip of men at the gates, the subject of drunkards' songs. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will be forever. Amen. I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. This is my prayer to you, my prayer for your favor. In your great love, answer me, O God, with your help that never fails. Rescue me from sinking in the mud. Save me from my foes. Save me from the waters of the deep. 
lest the waves overwhelm me. Do not let the deep engulf me, nor death close its mouth on me. Lord, answer, for your love is kind. In your compassion, turn towards me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer quickly, for I am in distress. Come close to my soul and redeem me, ransom me, pressed by my foes. You know how they taunt and deride me. My oppressors are all before you. Taunts have broken my heart. I have reached the end of my strength. I looked in vain for compassion for counselors. Not one could I find. For food, they gave me poison. In my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As, As it, was it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and will be forever. Amen. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. Seek the Lord, and you will live. Seek the Lord, and you will live. As for me, in my poverty and pain, let your help, O God, lift me up. I will praise God's name with a song. I will glorify him with thanksgiving, a gift pleasing God more than oxen, more than beasts prepared for sacrifice. The poor, when they see it, will be glad, and God-seeking hearts will revive. For the Lord listens to the needy and does not spurn his servants in their chains. Let the heavens and the earth give him praise, the sea and all its living creatures. For God will bring help to Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah, and men shall dwell there in possession. The sons of his servants shall inherit it. Those who love his name shall dwell there. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As, As it, it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. God, our Father, to show the way of salvation, you chose that the standard of the cross should go before us, and you fulfilled the ancient prophecies in Christ's Passover from death to life. Do not let us rouse your burning indignation by sin, but rather through the contemplation of his wounds. Make us burn with zeal for the honor of your church and with grateful love for you. Seek the Lord and you will live. The Lord will teach us his ways and we will follow in his footsteps. A reading from the book of the prophet Micah. Hear then what the Lord says. Arise, present your plea before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, O mountains, the plea of the Lord. Pay attention, O foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a plea against his people, and he enters into trial with Israel. O oh, my people, what have I done to you? Or how have I wearied you? Answer me. 
for I brought you up from the land of Egypt. From the place of slavery I released you, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. My people remember what Moab's King Balak planned, and how Balaam, son of Beor, answered him from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the just deeds of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow before God Most High? Shall I come before him with holocausts, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and myriad streams of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my crime, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? You have been told, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, only to do the right and to love goodness and to walk humbly with your God. Hark, the Lord cries to the city, It is wisdom to fear your name. Hear, O tribe and city council, you whose rich men are full of violence, whose inhabitants speak falsehood with deceitful tongues in their heads. Am I to bear any longer criminal hoarding in the meager ephah that is accursed? Shall I quit criminal balances, bags of false weights? Rather, I will begin to strike you with devastation because of your sins. You shall sow, yet not reap. Tread out the olive, yet pour no oil. And the grapes, yet drink no wine. You shall eat without being satisfied, food that will leave you empty. What you acquire, you cannot save. What you do save, I will deliver up to the sword. The Lord has told you, O man, what is good, and, and this, this is, is what he expects of you, to do, do what is right, to love goodness, goodness and, and to walk humbly with your God. Trust in the Lord and do good, and you shall possess the land. And this is what he expects of you, to do what is right, to love goodness, and to walk humbly with your God. A reading from a sermon on baptism by St. Patian, Bishop. The sin of Adam had come into all men. Through one man, the apostle says, sin entered and through sin, death. Thus it has come to all men. Therefore, the justice of Christ must enter into men. And as the old Adam ruined his descendants through sin, so Christ must bring new life to all men through justice. The apostle stresses this theme when he says, As through the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners, so too, through the obedience of one man, many were made just. And as sin brought death to the offender, so grace through justice brings birth to life eternal. Someone may say to me, But the sin of Adam is justifiably transmitted to his posterity. Since they were descended from him, 
And since we are not descended from Christ, how can we be saved because of him? Do not think in physical terms about descent. Then you will see how Christ is our Father. In these times of salvation, Christ received body and soul from Mary. He came to save this soul, not to leave it in hell. He united it with his spirit and made it his own. And this is the marriage of the Lord, the union of two in one flesh, so that according to that great mystery, two become one flesh, Christ and his church. From this marriage, the Christian people are born by the descent of the Spirit of the Lord. The essential nature of the soul, engendered by heavenly seed, grows in the womb of our mother, the church, and at birth is given life by Christ. Therefore, the apostle says, The first Adam was a living soul, the new Adam a life-giving spirit. Thus Christ continues in the church through his priests, as the same apostle says, In Christ I have begotten you. And so, the seed of Christ, that is the Spirit of God, brings forth the new man, nourished in the womb of his mother, welcomed at his birth at the font, through the hands of the priests, while faith presides over the ceremony. Christ must therefore be received in order to beget. For the Apostle John says, To all who received him, he gave the power to become sons of God. But these things cannot be accomplished except by the sacrament of the font, the chrism, and the priest. For sin is washed away by the waters of the font. The Holy Spirit is poured forth in the chrism, and we obtain both of these gifts through the hands and the mouth of the priest. Thus the whole man is reborn and renewed in Christ. Just as Christ rose from the dead, so we shall walk in the newness of life, that is, we put away the errors of our old lives, and we follow the new way through the Spirit in Christ. As by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. As, As sin, sin reigned, reigned through, through death, death, so grace will reign to bring us eternal life through Jesus Christ. God sent His only Son as an offering for our sins. As, As sin reigned, reigned through, through death, death, so grace will reign to bring us eternal life through Jesus Christ. Almighty and ever-living God, your Spirit made us your children, confident to call you Father. Increase your Spirit within us and bring us to our promised inheritance. Grant this through the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 23 minutes before the hour, we'll check out today's Gospel along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer. It's all coming up on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, August 13th, 2021, Friday of the 19th week in Ordinary Time. I'm Paul Sadek in today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible. The Lord is once again tested by the Pharisees, but as always, he takes it as an opportunity to teach, this time about the permanence of marriage. From the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Pharisees came up to him and tested him. 
is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Have you not read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. So they are no longer two, but one. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? For your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for unchastity and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is not expedient to marry. Not all men can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to receive this, let him receive it. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, all of the daily Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Well, you've heard the phrase, till death do us part at weddings. Well, Jesus is pretty clear in teaching that that means exactly what it says. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 4, Ordinary Time. Today's Gospel presents us with the scene where the Pharisees seek to entrap Jesus with a tricky question. Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? There were different schools of thought on how to interpret the scriptures on this issue. Divorce was commonly allowed. The question had to do merely with the casuistry behind the motives. Yet our Lord takes advantage of this idle question to delve into the very heart of the matter, which is the fact of indissolubility. As supreme author of all legislation, Christ restores matrimony to its original essence and dignity, to the way intended by God. Have you not read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one? So they are no longer two, but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Our Lord proclaimed the unity and indissolubility of matrimony for all time over and above any human consideration. There are many reasons which support the indissolubility of the marriage bond. The nature of conjugal love, the good of the children, the good of society. But the fundamental reason for this indissolubility of marriage is that it is the will of the Creator. This is how He wanted marriage to be, one and indissoluble. The marital bond is so strong that it can be broken only by death. St. Francis de Sales uses this image to explain the doctrine. If the adhesive is good, 
Two pieces of fir wood glued together will stick so fast to one another that it is easier to break them in any place other than the one where they have been joined together. So it is with matrimony. Husband and wife need to see marriage in terms of a vocation which is a gift from God. When marriage is viewed in this way, everything about family life and conjugal duties, the education of the children, the struggle for economic security, all of these demands take on a supernatural meaning. They become opportunities to draw close to God. Husband and wife then look with eyes of faith upon the many challenges that face them, confident in the knowledge that God will provide. Such is the way of sanctity for the married person. Because of our faith and the teachings of the church, we Christians are blessed with a more perfect understanding of the nature of matrimony, of the importance that the family has for each person, for the church, and for society. As a consequence, we have a responsibility to defend this human and divine institution in these times when it is under attack from many quarters by means of magazine articles, the special publicity given to sensational scandals, television series that little by little deform the consciences of millions of viewers. When we give others sound doctrine, that of the natural law enlightened by faith, we are doing a great good to the whole of society. We should consider now in our prayer whether we are defending the family, especially its weakest members who suffer the most harm from these attacks. Are we trying our best to live those virtues which are of such help to everyone, mutual respect, a spirit of service, friendship, understanding, optimism, a joy that is independent of feelings, a concern for everyone, but especially the most needy? In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fourteen before the hour, let's pray. We join the whole church as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence, and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born. A sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, and I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face, 
and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God, but a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as as it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. Truly we know our offenses, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Truly we know our offenses, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Let my eyes stream with tears day and night without rest, over the great destruction which overwhelms the virgin daughter of my people, over her incurable wound. If I walk out into the field, look, though slain by the sword. If I enter the city, look, those consumed by hunger. Even the prophet and the priest forage in a land they know not. Have you cast Judah off completely? Is Zion loathsome to you? Why have you struck us a blow that cannot be healed? We wait for peace to no avail, for a time of healing, but terror comes instead. We recognize, O Lord, our wickedness, the guilt of our fathers, that we have sinned against you. For your name's sake, spurn us not, disgrace us, not the throne of your glory. Remember your covenant with us, and break it not. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, 
and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Truly we know our offenses, Lord, for we have sinned against you. The Lord is God. We are his people, the flock he shepherds. The Lord is God. We are his people, the flock he shepherds. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing for joy. Know that he, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Go within his gates giving thanks. Enter his courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Indeed, how good is the Lord, eternal his merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. With joy and gladness we cry out to you, Lord, and ask you, Open our hearts to sing your praises and announce your goodness and truth. Let us pray. God, devoted to us as a father, you created us as a sign of your power and elected us your people to show your goodness. Accept the thanks your children offer that all men may enter your courts, praising you in song. The The Lord Lord is God. We are are his people. The flock he shepherds. A reading from the second letter to the Corinthians. I willingly boast of my weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I am content with weakness, with mistreatment, with distress, with persecutions and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am powerless... It is then that I am strong. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. At daybreak, be merciful to me. At At daybreak, daybreak, be be merciful merciful to me. Make known to me the path I must walk. Be Be merciful merciful to me. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. At daybreak, be Be merciful to me. The Lord has come to his people and set them free. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, 
to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord has come to his people and set them free. Raising our eyes to Christ, who was born and died and rose again for his people, let us cry out, Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. Blessed are you, Jesus, Redeemer of mankind. You did not hesitate to undergo your passion and death. To redeem us by your precious blood. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. You promised that you would provide living water, the fountain of eternal life. Pour forth your Spirit upon all men. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. You send disciples to preach the gospel to all nations. Help them to extend the victory of your cross. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. You have given the sick and the suffering a share in your cross. Give them patience and strength. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Father, all-powerful, let your radiance dawn in our lives, that we may walk in the light of your law, with you as our leader. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Get ready for the weekend. It's coming right up, and morning air is coming up in just a few minutes. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the app. Go out, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.